podcast is brought to you by Amazon. Everything from A to Z. Help support this show by simply using our Amazon portal, theoamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Same Amazon deals and prices, and it sends a percentage to Ohm. That's theoamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Theoamnetwork.com. Power to the podcast. And, you know, when you do go to the football games, American football games, during those little breaks, they, they have cool they stuff that happens. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Frisbee dogs. Frisbee dogs. Does soccer have any Frisbee dogs? It doesn't have any Frisbee dogs. Well, but uh, one game I went to of this uh, at Bath FC, they're, they're like divisions below the football league because mm-hmm. um, it's all like a big you know pyramid. Well, they're in the bathroom the whole time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> The halftime show. Wow. Jeez. (laughs) The halftime show was a guy coming out onto the pitch who had been chosen from the audience. They held up a broom. He put his head on the broom, span around in circles, and then tried to take a penalty. And that was the whole halftime show. (laughs) Oh, I love that game. (laughs) Did he get it? No. They never do. Welcome to Dr. Heckle, the science communication podcast that knows it's winter, winter in America. Yes, and all of the healers have been killed. Are sent away, yeah, but the people know the people. Know it's winter, winter in America. On today's episode, the second patient cleared of HIV, fatal traffic accidents on April 20th, and the most painful place to get a tattoo. Welcome to Dr. Heckle, the science communication podcast that has never given our guests passes to any Florida massage parlors. With me on the show today with some accounting from Marshalltown Community College, comedian James Doyle, third time on the show, with a bachelor's in history with a minor in Spanish from University of Wisconsin-Platteville, comedian Joan LaRosa Doyle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And with a PhD in addiction studies from what was the Minnesota School of Professional Psychology, co-founder of Triad Life Sciences, Clerk Klitsky. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, uh, James and Joan, uh, Mm -hmm. comedians together in both life and touring (laughs) right now. Life, death, comedy, touring, everything, I guess. In that order. (laughs) So, uh, you you guys are currently on a tour right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where where are you going? Where have you been? We, uh, well, the first night we drove to Nashville. We didn't have a show there, but it's just a lot easier to drive 10 hours instead of 14 hours to Huntsville. Mm-hmm. And then we were in Huntsville last night, and we had a humdinger of a show. Oh, it was such a good show. Ha- so ho- homegrown comedy in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, check it out if you're in Huntsville, Huntsville, Alabama. Why is that so hard to say? I don't know. We've been saying what it so we- much. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so tonight we have a show in Memphis. So if you're somehow listening to this podcast uh, in the past, you can come to our show. <laughs> Just build yourself a time machine. It's going to be a great one. Mm-hmm. Memphis made brewery. And then, of and then we're going to New Orleans just to hang out because, you know, it, we've been playing enough Red Dead that we want to, like, see it in real life. Yeah. We're going um, to Saint-Denis. Saint-Denis. And then after that, I think it's Houston. Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, El Paso, Phoenix. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Albuquerque that one. Phoenix. And then yeah. we're going to go home and pet our dog. Yeah. Oh, is the, is the dog with a friend currently? Yeah. Yes. 
Well, well technically a complete stranger. But yeah, but we, we paid him, him some money. <laughs> we trust him. <laughs> that kid, right? And Riley, if you're hearing this, you're not a complete stranger. Yeah. But, you know. Also, Rocky, if you're hearing this. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that bone. So, Give me that bone, Rocky. Give me that bone. So he growls at us when we say that. Is this the first time you guys have toured together? Uh, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, first time like doing it for comedy. I mean, we've traveled long distances together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, this one is for comedy, but it's also like our honeymoon. And it's also to, uh, you know, spread my dad's ashes. He passed away in November. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a little heavy, but we're, we're uh, taking them to like the most famous places we can and putting them out there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. And actually, this is my first comedy tour officially. So, because I'm uh, a little bit newer in comedy than James. So, yeah, I'm a little bit older in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that's great. Wonderful to have you, you guys here. Now, uh, our other guest, Kurt, you are a, a neighbor of uh, our co host with the real PhD that I forgot to introduce, Niraj Trivedi, <laughs> over on, on the ones and twos. Um, so, you co founded a, a company called uh, Triad Life Sciences. Correct. So uh, could you just tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into that and what it's all about? I started out in uh, regenerative medicine on the traditional transplant side and actually recovering organs and tissues uh, from cadavers. And uh, somewhere about 10 years into my career, uh, I started working with medical device companies that were actually making medical devices out of human tissue. And uh, that's a finite resource. Mm Mm-hmm. And started developing products made from uh, porcine tissue. Uh, they're the easiest animals to uh, do uh, secure bioresourcing on. And uh, they're also uh, very compatible with uh, human tissue. Mm-hmm. So there's a, yeah, so uh, pig hearts are being developed for transplants with uh, humans. There's a lot you have to do before you can get that. Then they're, they're quite far away. What kind of, um, well, that's that's not really us. There, yeah. there are companies. Uh, uh, I'm a recent transplant to Memphis from Minnesota, and there's a company in Minnesota called Miro Matrix that actually uh, has a perfusion decellularization process, and they're looking at the possibility to repopulate uh, hearts, kidneys, mm-hmm. livers. Uh, their first product that they have on the market is uh, made out of uh, pig liver. And it's mm. actually cut into very thin slices and used for uh, wound care and soft tissue repairs. Gotcha. And and your the stuff that yeah your company works on is derived from uh, porcine placenta tissue. Correct. Correct. And it's uh, basically a, a discarded tissue. Um, so it's very cost effective for us to acquire lots of tissue, make large lots. And uh, we want to be able to add a lot of value to the healthcare system. And one way to do that is through cost. And uh, human uh, placenta has been in the market probably for 15 years. And uh, it's very expensive and uh, not particularly easy to obtain. Obviously, uh, they have to get them through cesarean sections where we're able to uh, process the tissue in such a way that... Um, we don't have to count on that. They're just natural pig births. So, oh, great. And so the, the application of that is in wound care? Right now we're in wound care, uh, pain management, and uh, also we have an animal health division. And so uh, what is it about um, the, the products that assists wound care in that 
Uh, it retains all uh, the natural growth factors, proteins, peptides. Uh, it's got collagen and cytokines uh, that are bioavailable. Uh, mm. You still need to put it in a in a site that is salvageable and has a good circulation. And uh, they'll actually clean the wound out and put it over. And it uh, it regulates the, the growth so you don't get scar tissue as well. So it's, it's called uh, regulation and granulation. So it, it's also used in ocular applications. That's great. So before uh, you started using pig livers, was would this just be a case where someone would use a human, like a skin graft? Yeah, we, we we don't do the livers. That was a company in Minnesota. Oh, but um, yeah, the uh, there's skin substitutes, but there's also human placentas. There was a, a large company uh, here in Memphis, actually, that was one of the leaders in it called BioD Logics. It was sold to a company in New Jersey called Derma Sciences, and then acquired by a big uh, multi-billion dollar conglomerate called Integra. So, and some of the... Uh, same people that left that company um, were co-founders with me in, in the company we've got now. But um, there's a lot of uh, pressure in the healthcare industry right now as far as how things get paid for. That's always the big issue in healthcare is who pays for it. Mm-hmm. And so what we've tried to do is uh, make it available uh, even if it's an out-of-pocket expense. Uh, in wound care, they say we need to compete with goose and gauze, which is basically with ointments and, and wrapping it in a gauze and actually do a better job of regenerating the tissue. Yeah, and so um, after surgery, you know, uh, with very large wounds, there is always the chance of necrosis and the wound not healing at all. Would uh, products like this be uh, likely to show any greater benefit than the current standard of care? Well, the current standard of care usually is a human allograft skin or autograft skin. And again, that's a very finite resource, very expensive. And one thing where uh, amniotic tissues, placental tissues, it's head and shoulders above that, is it has a tendency to be naturally antimicrobial. Mm. So those tissues tissues will actually uh, pull the exudates out of the wound and uh, that's assistive to healing too. Most, uh, like large uh, surface area burns, um, generally you can culture microbes out of it. So it's it's very assistive in that process. And um, we're also uh, developing or have developed. Uh, we need to do uh, all our stuff has to be approved by the FDA. So we're preparing filings on uh, porcine dermis, which is porcine skin, which would be a replacement for the human skin biological dressings. And we've been working with uh, Shriners Burn Center in Galveston to perfect that. And uh, uh, a local doctor here in Memphis, Dr. Hickerson, and he handles the burn unit. Uh, at what I, I'm not sure the hospital system. Mm-hmm. I've only been here six months, so I'm not familiar with all the hospitals. In town. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. A much better use for uh, placenta than... Um... The, are you aware of an English chef called Hugh Fernley Whittingstall? No. Oh, Hugh? Of course, yeah. <laughs> he he, he uh, way back. Niraj, are you familiar uh, with that guy? Yeah. yeah. So he, he became famous for uh, cooking up and eating one on his TV show. Oh. Just one? Just one, Just one. I think. Jeez. Yeah. I don't think there's any denying it's probably good on crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's like a pate. You know, I, I, I don't know, no one. 
<laughs> it fills you up so much. Yet, but. <laughs> but um, so sometimes I've seen placenta conditioners and soaps and face masks and things like that. Um, like I saw a lot of them in Asia. I've seen them here though too. Um, I guess I like never even considered the fact that it could be animal placenta. I thought it was like a human placenta face mask. Well, we're <laughs> you're their we're, target demo. For sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually working on uh, uh, dermatology uh, uh, products that mm-hmm. that use nanotechnology to actually uh, take those uh, growth factors and cytokines and, and hydrate uh, tissue anti aging formulas. I guess you'd call them. And uh, we're also looking at uh, the uh, hair transplant market. Oh, cool. cool. So, well, and it's uh, chicks dig it. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm this old, all so that's about amazing. all they dig about. This sounds like there's a lot of potential. <laughs> and you do have a full head of hair. So. I do. I do. <laughs> you hear that, Dante? Yeah. Sooner or later, you got to rub pig stuff on your head, and you'll, <laughs> you'll get hair. Yeah. <laughs> Let Ohm help you get the word out on your service, product, or endeavor. Email info at theoamnetwork.com. Welcome back to Dr. Heckle. We move on to our news item of the week. Today's article comes from Time magazine. uh, And the title of the article is Fatal Car Crashes Happen More Often Than Usual on 420 Study Finds. (laughs) This is from... uh, Is that Interstate 420? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) April 20th, and of course, the popular holiday for the devil's lettuce. But uh, (laughs) researchers argue that the festivities may have serious consequences, including a risk that is increased for fatal traffic crashes. So they published a research letter. This is uh, an article from 2018 uh, in the journal JAMA uh, International Medicine. So a journal of American Medical Association Internal Medicine. They looked at 25 years of data on fatal crashes in the US and uh, compared the number of drivers involved in fatal crashes from 4.20 p.m. on 4.20 and compared it with the same time frame frame one week earlier and one week later and said that the risk of a fatal crash was 12% higher. Um, And among drivers under age 21, the risk was 38% higher. So what do you you guys think of that? What's your point? (laughs) Sorry? I mean, What's your point? No. <laughs> I think if we uh, just start telling stoners this one fact, they'll probably just be like, all right, we'll just stay home then. That's fine. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, when I was younger, I don't know if they still do this, but there was a radio station in Madison, Wisconsin, like the kind of the classic rock station. And every day at 420, they would play the song Two Joints. Uh, the, well, who's it by? It's like reggae. It's not Bob Marley. And, um, I'm not sure. I only know the sublime version. Yeah. So, so I specifically remember this being a big deal. Like I would go to work with my mom and she would drive around. And then at 420, they'd be like, I smoke two joints in the afternoon. I smoke two joints at night. And then it was like, everyone was having a good time on the highway. So I think more, less people would die, right? Well, less <laughs> less people will die <laughs> angrily. Oh, that's good. Well, the, they're, that's it. They died apathetically. If not <laughs> like, All right, this isn't so bad. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's because that song starts playing in so many different cars and there's like, ah. It could be. Yeah. I mean, so many people are struggling to turn up the radio as quickly as possible <laughs> because two joints is on. <laughs> that would be. Cool. Also, it might be a lot of people who are taking like uh, Snapchats at 420. Now, <laughs> what time 
what are the hours uh for bankers the the traditional mm-hmm. bankers hours are nine to five correct i presume so so rush hours at five yeah could that be something that throws it in there our uh, the, the question i would ask you is are bankers only working on 420 <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so it's only okay so it's it's, it's on, well, my on april 20th <laughs> yeah <laughs> depends on what kind of bank man <laughs> um i'd like to see this compared to saint patrick's day though ah okay so now now we Ooh. we might be getting into the into the thick of it so um this study was published originally in 133 media outlets, including Time Magazine. But um, uh, a Reddit post, uh, there are some some two uh, users that did some delving, uh, RealBarryO420 and uh, YoshiK, who have pointed out some flaws on <laughs> Reddit with this, uh, with this paper. So there was another study that was done more recently in the British Medical Journal that uh, looked more broadly. So... The first study was only looking at these two control dates that one was, uh, you know, in the week before and one was in the week after 420. Well, there are more days of the week than that. And there are more days of the year than that. So this mm-hmm. uh, group in the British Medical, Medical Journal that is uh, being referred to, they started, they looked at ev- everything from 1992 to uh, 2016 and saw that, yes, while within the week before and after, uh, the rates of fatal crashes in 420 did uh, increase compared to those two weeks. When you look at it compared to the rest of the year, no, uh, there is no significant difference. You do see spikes on July 4th, mm-hmm. on um, Labor Day, on, on um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It does seem like that there's a small spike on 420, but actually compared to the signal noise ratio, it doesn't see. It doesn't look to be significant. Three points are not statistically significant anyway. So that's it, the study doesn't make sense just from good research, you know, because you've got three time points: one a week before, one a week after. Yeah, which they were referring to as day. control time points. But when you look at well, but yes, still not statistically significant. You need to do it over so, several years. Exa- so it was do- uh, both were done over a number of years, so oh, tw- okay. over twenty five years. Uh, so they had, they did have a lot of data points, but mm-hmm. even if you just take the whole of April uh, and plot how many fatal crashes over that 25-year period were on each day of April, uh, the 20th of April actually is below the average for the whole month of April. I knew oh. it. The, the highest day uh, for... <laughs> well, the highest day. <laughs> the highest day is not the highest day, but, uh, but the day that is highest... Uh, April 1st for fatal crashes. <laughs> oh, that's because I the ambulance people always yeah, think it's a joke. I would have guessed <laughs> April 15th because it's taxed. Oh. Yeah. No matter what, just... distraction, yeah. And uh, speaking of April 15th and April 20th, that week is like when the most... The craziest stuff in America has... Or not America, but in the world has happened, like, tragedy-wise. Like, the Boston Marathon, Titanic sank... Columbine, Hitler was born. There's like a, a huge list of this. I went to treatment on 420. Yeah, <laughs> in 1980. So, oh man. And this year it seemed like be a good call. It, yeah, well, especially you could have been out on the roads. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so really, the, the uh, there is no evidence, and ex- in fact, 
um, the British Medical Journal conclusion was said that there is little evidence to suggest there's any population-wide effects of the annual cannabis holiday on the number of drivers involved in fatal traffic crashes. So it is a key thing uh, to look at all of the data points and not just uh, not just one or two that uh, support your hypothesis. And so Sam Harper and Adam uh, Palayu were the authors of that uh, British Medical Journal study, the one that looked at all of the data points. So uh, interestingly enough, so far, their study has been reported in one media outlet <laughs> versus 133 for the original study back in uh, back a, co- uh, a couple of years ago. Oh. Well, but it, I, I think people are, for whatever reason, as a population, we're kind of obsessed with the, the way uh, uh, legalization of marijuana is going and those types of things. And there's a lot of, uh, uh, I remember, you know, if you go back and look at the, you know, even in popular culture, looking back at the, what was the name of that movie? Um, Pineapple, Pineapple Express. No, no, no. My the car? One, the Harold one, the and one. Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wizard of Oz. No, I can one, do this. I got it. The one from the 30s where the guy was totally demonic. You know, when he was oh, Reefer oh, Madness. Reefer Madness. Yeah. 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 Madness. Like, I said that before, Mark. I just want. Yeah. I mean, we still. <laughs> I got that out there. We, you know, actually, you know, since I'm from, I'm a libtard from a, a northern state. Um, you know, you've got a couple set your hair on fire senators that believe it's reefer madness oh yeah if you have it so it's i someone told me at work that in tennessee they actually rescinded their when they decriminalized the law within a week or something like that Mm -hmm. so apparently people still are obsessed with and have issues with Uh 420 well and also there's just so much money to be made by demonizing marijuana well, I think they oh. proved it the, on the other side of that. There's yeah. a lot no, there's of a lot of money to be made. <laughs> John well, Bain I'm sorry. There's, there's a lot of money to be made for uh, just a certain amount of people, like the tobacco industry. Yeah. Who uh, Some kid just know. walked by the window and dabbed. Oh, good. <laughs> I guess he can hear us. <laughs> uh, dab, what do you mean? Like smoked a dab? Or, oh, okay. Did the dance. All right. It's like it's 420 and I got to get to a <laughs> soccer game later. So. Um. So, I would I would like to see uh so you said the original article that said um that a lot more people die on 420 and uh traffic accidents that was reported by 133 different news outlets yeah and, and so far one- this so far this new study has been reported by one and the one the outlet that has been reported by I did not recognize the name of oh, <laughs> High so Times Magazine. 420, <laughs> hell yeah, coolbro.edu. It's, it's, it's fuck Jerry. That's what it is. <laughs> it is, uh, um, oh, the, 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 uh, the outlet is straight.com. Straight. Oh, righty. Okay. But it is important that to know that uh, being high it can get you a DUI. Like So there's, I think a lot of people... Um, stay home when they smoke weed. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you can't get up <laughs> off the couch. I mean, like yeah. I said, apathy. Oh, not if you get a sativa. Yeah, you got to get a sativa. <laughs> you got to get a sativa. <laughs> you'll you find get a little. Not vape. too many. Uh, I recommend Golden Goat. <laughs> That's <laughs> my favorite strain. Bubba Diesel's pretty good. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if. Uh, <laughs> I don't. How many high speed car accidents happen in a McDonald's drive through? Right? <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> so if you look across all the days of the April, it's not 420. Uh, that we have to be worried about. So for being the April Fools, we have to d- uh, dub JAMA Internal Medicine and Time Magazine fake news. Oh, oh. it's a 
about time. <laughs> Help us keep the lights on. Go to the oamnetwork.com slash donate. Welcome back for our final section where we take a journal article, explain it to our guests, see what it is that they can take in. Today's article comes from the journal Nature, from the Division of Infection and Immunity at University College London in uh, the United Kingdom. The first author is Ravindra Gupta, and the anchor author is Eduardo Olivaria. And the title of the article today is HIV-1 Remission Following CCR5 Delta-32 Delta-32 Hematopoietic Stem Cell Transplantation. So, uh, James and Joan, from the title alone, what can you pick up from that? Well, HIV is possibly something that can be pushed uh, back. I don't know if it's going to be cured or not, but put into remission from... Uh, what was it? It was the most common password that they were talking about today. Jake, Jake, JN. Well, I forgot what number. It was my said. password. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I missed all those numbers. C, well, C. Okay. So I have been listening to a lot of NPR lately. So I've, I'm kind of familiar with this that they have cured or pushed into remission the second person with this uh, type of medication uh, who had HIV. And they're hopeful that it pushes forward into maybe a cure. But also, there's. it seems like there's a whole other group of people who are saying, hey, you know, we don't have a cure, but we have great treatments. We have preventative medicine now. So it's like not if this happened in the 80s, it would have been a huge deal. Now it's like, let's move on to Parkinson's or cancer, which also is like <laughs> almost so, being cured now in another country. So actually, I can I can get to and address uh, some of those, those points in a bit. Um, so. Kurt, have you come across this story? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, it they had trouble uh, when they cured the first person. Mm-hmm. They had trouble uh, when they were actually um, altering uh, those uh, initial bone marrow transplants on getting it to uh, express, do the genetic expressions that they, they had wanted it to. So um, the thing I think, you don't want to miss in this to your point is that these types of therapies are going to apply in other areas, not necessarily this particular way, but this particular um, clinical method of, of altering things. It's sort of like when they were able to treat glioblastomas with the, with the smallpox, uh, those types of things. So I think you, you, you can't overlook the, the, the promise that's there, but, you know, curing two people out of, you know, the millions of people that have, you know, had HIV right. and AIDS is uh, Yeah, so it is daunting. nearly 37 million that are infect- infected worldwide. Um, oh. And 21 million of those have access to that lifelong antiretroviral therapy that pushes your viral count loads uh, further down. There are, there are two main types of HIV. Uh, which, there's HIV-1, which is found globally and is the highly infective form. And then there's a second form that is largely contained to West Africa, but is, has, a lower, has lower transmission rates. Um, the vi- it's, it's still transmitted in the same ways yeah. through bloodborne pathogens. Yes, 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 yeah. but, it, but uh, a lower rate of uh, transmission. So uh, this virus it gets into the immune cells. It integrates into the genome, so it can, be, it can basically hide away from the immune system and then replicate out, eventually releasing you know, many more of these viral particles. 
Um, so there is effective therapy mm-hmm. to reduce viral load, as you, as you said. So uh, H-A-A-R-T, heart therapy, is probably one of the most common. And uh, people can live for many, many uh, years. In fact, normal, almost normal lifespans now um, on this therapy. So you've got people entering, you know, the sixth, seventh decade of life having been on, um, been on this therapy for upwards of 20 plus, plus years. Hmm. So, uh, and all this, the new, the cure and all that is, is kind of a, a progression of stem cell research. It's kind of, okay. So, uh, there is one of the receptors that the virus uses to get into the cells is something called CCR5. So this is just a this is a protein that's on the surface of the cells and it has a, a role in immune function and in detecting these things called chemokines. So basically detecting signals, having the, the, uh, the cell react in certain ways to those signals. It is also a receptor that HIV can use to get into the cell. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said, what was it called? CCR5. Jeez, one good. of the worst hits by a greatest clear <laughs> <Well, revival. laughs> Sorry, I, I knew you were oh, going we there. Should have, we should have split up custody of that joke. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can have it. You can All have right. it. Too I was, late. Uh, <laughs> CCR5, uh, there, interestingly enough, uh, about 10% of the European population, and there's uh, also uh, people in North Africa and uh, West Asian descent also have this, have a 32 base pair deletion in um, that gene. And so that basically gives you a non-functional form of this protein. Uh, It's thought to have risen around 2,000, 2,500 years ago and is actually incredibly prevalent in the population for um, for how recent it's believed to have arisen. One of the interesting things is HIV cannot get into these uh, cells if you have this mutation. So if you have both copies of this CCR5 mutated, some forms of HIV can uh, you, you will be resistant to. So even this HIV1, it, ha- it has a, you know, um, there are many different subtypes within that. Some of them require CCR5. Some of them use this other uh, receptor called CXCR4. And... Uh, if you have a version that is only going to be using the CCR5 and you have, if, if you get infected with that, but you have a, both copies with this deletion, you will be resistant. You won't contract HIV even if you are uh, exposed to it. And so the first patient who was treated was, treat, uh, was being treated for a form of, uh, for a form of cancer, for a form of leukemia. Uh, and so that's why he was getting a bone marrow transplant in the first place. And he got a bone marrow transplant from someone who had this double deletion. Oh. So they irradiated his whole body, uh, got rid of his whole immune system, did the bone marrow transplant. And then when the immune system, system repopulated, then he is, he is resistant. Uh, um, his HIV was cleared. And so he was referred to as the Berlin patient. There have been other patients where a similar thing has been tried um, with the CCR5 uh, double deletion. Based on the treatments, uh, based on the type of virus that they had, that was still able to get through that CXCR4 receptor, they would, did not have complete clearance. So this patient, the second patient to be treated, had a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So he needed a bone marrow transplant. 
And uh, basically, they couldn't mobilize his own stem cells because something you can do is, is, you know, take someone's stem cells out. You would maybe then try and manipulate them in some way, put them back into the person because uh, you will have the least chance of any sort of immune rejection. Uh, so they went to do one of these transplants and had a pretty good match. A nine out of 10 of these eight, you know, HLA subtypes uh, that they used from, a again, a donor that had this 32 base pair deletion on both alleles. So both copies were uh, deleted. Now, this patient was diagnosed in 2003. So he's been living with HIV for a, uh, for a long time. And then he got leukemia. Non-Hodgkin's. Right? Non-Hodgkin's. Lymphoma. Lymphoma, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, um, wow, it's unlucky. <laughs> so uh, are, there types of, lucky. <laughs> are there types of cancer that can come from having an HIV-positive status? Uh, it is a virus that is integrating into your genome, and if you have a high viral load, there is a great chance that it will disrupt something. I don't know if there are any specific uh Variants you'd expect them to be leukemias or cancers. sarcoma. Yeah, that's a cancer. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, so, um, AIDS patients often uh, present with all of these uh, sarcomas all over their bodies. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's actually what my father passed away from was a squamous carcinoma in his right. We never found the origin of it, but it was right in his throat. So, oof. I, he didn't. He didn't have HIV though. It, it just came out of nowhere. So yeah, that, I mean, it, any form form of cancer is, is cells that have uh, are not under the con, a controlled cell division anymore, and so that's why it's you know such a um, there are so many types and it's so prevalent, and almost every cell type can end up with, with something like that. Not your not the cells of your inner ear though. Really, there's what? never been any cases of inner ear. So they're cancer? so they're so well differentiated those cells they're so well they don't divide anymore wow that's really cool which is a problem itself oh <laughs> never mind not cool i guess i well, don't know i don't in, know anymore as in hearing loss <laughs> yeah that's why when when you lose your hearing you never you're never going to get it back there's n- cells are never going to divide again okay oh okay but gotcha. uh, so i guess so um this patient uh received uh basically re- received treatment to uh uh, chemotherapy treatment to try and get down to a complete remission mm-hmm. and then received this bone marrow transplant from this CCR5 uh, negative donor. And uh, they kept him on this antiretroviral therapy for about one and a half years after, uh, 510 days. They, so they didn't stop the antiretroviral therapy. Uh, but after 510 days, they interrupted it, so stopped it and measured his plasma weekly for three months and found undetectable viral load. Yeah, I used did- to sell my plasma weekly for months. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's not the interruption part of the thing. No, no, I'm it sorry. is. It is. Okay. <laughs> I just Please got the- interrupt. <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't me giving you the cold stare of having interrupted. Oh, that was me giving you the, the uh, blank look of what? You <laughs> sold your plasma for weeks? Wait, you've never sold plasma? I'm not allowed to. Is that not a thing? Yeah, we're not oh, allowed to. Wh- I, because we live in England. Because they make too much money. So. Okay. Mad, right. uh, mad <laughs> cow disease. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, despite, okay. Despite I didn't both know of that. us being vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I can't because I was an yeah. IV drug user. So. Oh, okay. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. I mean, like, I think I, selling plasma is a thing. for. Co- I did it for like 
two and a half years in college, I have like a ton of track marks from it because I would go <laughs> two times a week for a long time. Drive down to Dubuque. They give you 40 bucks the first time and 60. No, it was 30 bucks the first time, 40 bucks the second time in one week. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, they, they pump it out. They put saline back in and. Then they and pump then, it. They pump all that plasma into TVs. Yeah, right? yeah. That's how they make the TVs. Yeah. And, and you get a little prepaid debit card, which was really, really cool when I was in college. I was like, <laughs> I have a debit card that my blood recharges, <laughs> <laughs> and you can get drunk faster if you have less blood in your body. So, <laughs> money saving on all fronts. Right. It is. It was like win-win situation. You drive to Iowa, cheaper gas. You know, you're, you're <laughs> really. What? Dubuque, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't trust anything, any needles uh, in Dubuque, Iowa. But. It's funny how like how much of a scumbag you sound like right now. Because you're like, I sold my blood. That's a it's a win-win situation. I sold my blood, got to go to Dubuque. And it's like, what about saving all those lives? I don't know. I don't think plasma I don't know yeah, what it. where it really goes. I don't know. Either, but, but I mean, it was just something that a lot of people did. I mean, I had a car and it had four passenger seats and people would Hop in the car and go to BioLife, and we'd sell our plasma. Is that that's great? Weird? You're amazing. That's, I'm so in you're love. a lot. <laughs> I love you too. No, because I'm so much superior. Because I couldn't. Because I was an IV drug user. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm not being <laughs> scumbaggy at all. So, look, when I, he's full of plasma over there. Yeah, when I got my all first, keeping it all for himself. Yeah. yeah. When I got my first tattoo, I had to hide it from the plasma thing. But they don't disqualify you for tattoos. But it has to be every like unless it's given to you by Chad, right? (laughs) But Chad and Lyndon, (laughs) (laughs) it is Chaz, by the way. Um, Chaz and you have to be like eight months out from a tattoo or something. It's it's the same as American Red Cross. It's like the same blood guidelines. I think it's six months. Someone told me yesterday that it was six months. That sounds way better. She could never. Uh, give blood because she can't go six months without getting another yes tattoo. that yeah. is why i quit i and it sucks because like plasma would be good money to pay for tattoos oh yeah <laughs> um Ooh. anyways I'm, so i there married are... a horrible person <laughs> <laughs> all right let, before before the, uh, before the before the divorce. fallout uh comes, i'll get let's get back on before track we pass you on to our relationship so, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's divorce on 420 <laughs> oh my god Hell yeah. We have to fight for joint custody. All right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, after the 510-day period where they interrupted it, uh, after measuring the the plasma weekly for three months, they found the HIV viral load undetectable. Uh, The DNA was below the limit of detection after the transplant. uh, And total DNA by very sensitive methods, basically everything they did to try and detect the HIV uh, DNA was um, unsuc- unsuccessful or successful, depending on however you look at it, below the limit of detection in these assays. They brought like a HIV sniffing dog in and <laughs> dog was like, yeah, I think he's good. It's fine. What, what they also did was they took these CD4 and CD8 positive T cells, these two ty- types of T cells, uh, out of the uh, patient and tr- then in um, a culture method tried to infect it infect them with a uh, with the virus and found it was uninfectious uh, versus normal donor cells that did not have this CCR5 deletion mm-hmm. um, that were able to be infected. They also analyzed the form of the virus that they uh, found from this patient 
and found that in, it indeed was the form that could not infect through that CXCR4 receptor, which had caused those three other patients to you know, not go into total remission. So um, what this report does is, one, it demonstrates that the principle of that Berlin patient, um, the first one to be done many years ago, was not an anomaly. It can be, done, it can be repeated. Uh, also, that uh, you don't have to have as intense a regimen as was done with the Berlin patient. So that Berlin patient got total body irradiation, which you know, could in theory lead to secondary tumors down the line. Um, mm -hmm. So this was a reduced intensity drug regimen and the, a, a single one of these transplants was sufficient and uh, that this could be basically useful if you know that the patient has the form of uh, HIV that is only able to go <sighs> through the CCR5, not doesn't use the CXCR4. So um, since then, actually, there's reports that there is a third patient that has oh. the same the same thing um, and has been treated in the same way and will be HIV free. So the I guess the utility of this, uh, perhaps in the future, there I mean there are people working on things called universal donor cells. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's in its early stages at the moment, but the idea is you creating a universal cell bank that you can then work off and make specific manipulations, and you can. You could, in theory, imagine that if HIV-positive patients show up with a form of uh, leukemia that requires a bone marrow transplant, that you would then be able to go to that as your as your biobank or whatever. Oh. Because it, it's very rare for you to find a bone marrow transplant match at this point, and then for you to find a match that also is CCR5 negative on both is also going to be very rare. So this is yeah. this is not uh, an applicable to the whole. Uh, treat to the whole population that needs to be treated mm -hmm. but it is something that when there is an opportunity to use it should be used because it will clear someone of the uh, virus totally now you said that um they have to like completely eradicate the immune system mm -hmm. so during that that period how long are they without an immune system like uh so I mean, the, the chemotherapy would do that. Um, it would probably be, it would depend on how long it was taking them to get down to the, get down to what they would believe to be total remission. Um, I, don't, I don't know exactly how long it would be in each patient's case. Okay. Um, so, but people on chemotherapy are at much greater risk of contracting, uh, mm -hmm. contracting illnesses that and that will have a far uh, more serious nature than they would if someone with a full yeah. immune system was to get a it. lot of those i mean my concern for survive. this yeah my concern for this is if they're like this this sounds amazing this sounds really cool but it also sounds like this person this patient would have to spend um some time isolated in a nice medical facility and a lot of people who are affected by hiv are um in a situation of poverty or a third world situation yes um so I can't imagine how, like, it sounds like rich people would be able to be cured. The, the, the population that you would really go after are those who had already, so the, those who are HIV positive and who are going undergoing cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. So this wouldn't, I don't think that this would be used as a regular treatment because, oh. because of what already exists is 
uh, is good enough that it, you know, bone marrow transplants are very, very risky. And like you said, it, you need the uh, the isolation. You know, he was in hospital after the transplant for 31 days mm-hmm. uh, before uh, able to be released. So, okay, 31 days. And then, of course, you know, you've got the long period of waiting for your immune system to fully recover. Yeah, and a 31-day hospital stay is, I think, over a million dollars these days. In America. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. The, oh, medical tourism. <laughs> Go down to some cool little place where they actually have affordable health care. <laughs> so does uh, the patient still have his form of cancer? Uh, no, it was eradicated. So both the, are, yeah. I couldn't imagine, like, getting cured of HIV and then, like, well, we can't do anything about the cancer. Oh, God, that would suck. So, I, be, yeah, because of what was what was done in this case and because of the bone marrow transplant, yeah, the patient is HIV-free and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma free. Wow. So at this Two stage, birds, one stone. <laughs> We're getting somewhere. So at this stage, people with HIV should be hoping to get leukemia. <laughs> it's kind of a dual edge. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think you're on your own on this one. What? No, I mean, I agree. I, 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 I 100% agree. The, uh, the uh, HART therapy just needs to be gotten out to the remaining uh, 16 million people that don't have it currently. Right. That's That should be the real goal for, for tackling the worldwide problem. And uh, is that the progression of this? If we, because we find the, if this is the early stages of a cure, then will this ever progress to somewhere like, using science to cure these things even with people who are not compatible with this uh situation if if trends follow technology will always advance and things will things will get better um the the other side of this is you want to decrease the rate of infect new infections and so there are things like prep that can be taken to uh reduce the transmission of the virus in fact uh you know the the rates of people getting new um, new infections or uh, are down, um, and the people dying from the disease is also down. So in 2017, 940,000 people died from AIDS-related illnesses, but in 2004 that was 1.9 million. So that was over over double mm-hmm. uh, 13 years before, and there are around 39,000 new diagnoses. Uh, in the U.S. each year currently, but that is still way down from what it was 10, 15 years ago. So um, the two the two things to eradicate it are just uh, distribution of the current therapy and uh, preventative, a re- preventative yeah. measures. I'm looking forward to like 60 years from now when they're when moms won't let their kids get preventative AIDS vaccines oh. because it might, yeah, <laughs> it might give them like I don't know rug burn or something. <laughs> So, uh, do you think you can? Um, do you think you took in uh, enough to explain that back to myself and Kurt? Yeah, and Naraj. Yep, I think we did. So we do it together. Do we explain it together, or yeah. is it? Like well, we have to say all okay. the words at the same time. So okay, you can take scientists recently found out that okay, this is going to take too long. Um, <laughs> we do that in the car. You can take us. alternate words if you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that game is so hard. <laughs> okay, scientists recently <laughs> found. <laughs> All right, well, okay, yeah, we get it. So uh, I get it anyway. I, I think James, you can go ahead and and start um, this. I was asking some questions. Before. Oof. So 
a man, uh, the second person cured or eradicated of HIV and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, lymphoma went through a process um, where there's two different kinds of uh, receptors and everything was perfectly right that when they went and did a bone marrow transfer or transplant for the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, it also, and I'm not clear about this. This is one of my other questions. It also cured HIV. And I don't know if that was, or not cured, but got rid of it. And I guess that's a cure. Um, um, was, was that intended or was that something they're like, oh, wow, no. that's great. Well, are we are we explaining? Do we get help in our explanation? No, Mark just stares at you. Okay. <laughs> Dead so, eyed. <laughs> Thinking of all the dumb words you used. <laughs> so I think it was Intense accidental. Judgment. I'm pretty sure <laughs> no. the first time that uh, they cured. So the guy just happened to have HIV and then just happened to have Hodg- non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and then he did the bone marrow transplant, which is the treatment. By the way, sign up for that. Be the match.org. Hopefully uh, this other guy will fix it with pig parts. But, you know, like <laughs> in the meantime, give your bones to people, you know. Uh, <laughs> give me that bone. Um, so I think it was just a coincidence that they did the bone marrow transplant to cure not cure remiss the lymphoma and then then they were like oh your hiv is gone cool cool (laughs) hell yeah 420 bro (laughs) um is that is that what you're thinking that that's what i was thinking that's where i'm uh yeah so uh it's been if you're talking about the first patient maybe that the 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 evidence that they would have had that this would have worked wouldn't have been there. But they were definitely going in with the intention once they had a CCR5 double negative, you know, donor, that this would be an outcome. Okay. And is this okay. something that they had already tested out on what like whatever process comes before humans? Like is this something that no. they did in mice or there were they- many, many failures in humans before that. They tried to replicate the Berlin patient. Okay. Subsequently and it didn't didn't pan out mm. okay i'm before the berlin patient though were they uh, testing this on this on humans and it wasn't a lot of out. this stuff doesn't translate from animals to humans so you yeah. can't okay. do animal studies so they do you know listed as a clinical trial with nah okay so he kind of went in going hey if it works that's great if it doesn't i'm kind of in the same boat so uh yeah i suppose if if because there have been three failed patients with CCR5 uh, deletion transplants, um, basically they would have applied to do this approach. Um, and uh, the fact that it worked is the significant thing because it gives you, it gives you an extra data point for what will work. Mm-hmm. And I think people are starting to understand now more that it's, you know, it's the type of virus. It has to be CCR5 specific, not use this co-receptor. Uh, and you have to get complete clearance of the immune system right? in its current form. I think what he's asking is, was the Berlin patient fortuitous? It was definitely fortuitous for the guy himself. Right. But, uh, did they, wait, did did they intend to give him You said him the- fortuitous? No, I said 420. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have, a, I have a question, though. You said that the CCR patients uh, were in 
North Africa and Western Asia, right? They're big fans of Credence Clearwater Revival over there. Um, so was this patient also of, I mean, I know that bone marrow transplants are kind of matched by ethnicity and heritage and genetics. Um, but like, w- was this guy from that region of the world? Like, is this likely to happen for someone who is from another like genetic background? Is this, are you saying, I see. So are you saying, is this HLA type likely to be found in? uh, I guess I'm wondering if the Berlin patient is Middle Eastern or from that North African zone. Well, if you, if you dumb it down farther. Yeah. um, I used to do a lot of uh, couriering for bone marrow and it's very ethnic driven, the Mm -hmm. HLA types to get the closer matches, especially if you're looking for seven and above seven of the 10 subtypes and uh a good example of that is went to uh taiwan and china a lot the the suchi buddhist sect has a huge just massive i think they have a 85 percent rate of uh the people who belong to that religion that are actually registered as bone marrow donors mm-hmm. well they're also very healthy because they're vegetarian and uh they live pretty healthy lifestyles very pious lifestyles so a lot of those things went to uh, Asian communities in New York and Los Angeles. So there's probably a key in there, a cue. Uh, I don't think the, the, the research that was in uh, Nature speaks to that, but I, I think that's what you're going to find is they're going to, uh, they will, as the science progresses, they will find those populations and be able to match them. You know, because if you're an HIV patient, they already know a lot about the makeup of your blood mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. those, the different subtypes that would be relevant to this kind of research. So, Is there a chance that, I know that I guess stem cell was a small part of this, but is there a chance that we can? It's not, it's, it's, it's more than stem cell. Stem cell is, is actually kind of a, a stem cells are kind of dumb. And a lot of people think well, that's something me and stem cells have in common. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, But you know, that's where stem cells are the wild west right now. And they're trying it in, you know, there's a lot of unintended consequences and just shooting in stem cells into someone where this is actually a targeted therapy. Okay. Uh, That's why it's effective. Stem cells, probably not so much. I mean, you could actually make things much worse. There was a, some research, I think it was done here in Memphis, where they took uh, myocardial stem cells and they injected them into the heart, and it repaired where someone had had a myocardial infarction, a heart attack, got rid of the dead areas in it. It also caused cardiomyopathy. It caused the heart to keep growing. So uh, wow. apparently Ooh. some way it got manipulated so it didn't have... Uh, like an off trigger in it. So so a lot of that so what this article speaks to is that's a much more minute targeted therapy. It's very, very specific. Um you know, if you go through the body of research that's out there, uh they're trying everything. They're trying everything. And uh even in science luck doesn't kill you sometimes. It's really good for you. So great. Well, I think that's a great, uh, great point to bring proceedings to a close. Now, I do, of course, 
allow my guests to flip the tables and present us with whatever facts that they have brought with them today. Uh, so, James, would you like to start? Okay, let me start this off. I got. I have a pretty good fact. It's a something that wasn't explained to me why this phenomenon happens. But like I uh, mentioned, my father passed away in November from uh, he had squamous carcinoma. Uh, his actual uh, death was in hospice due to renal failure. So um, it's not what the cancer didn't kill him, but it is the leading cause of uh, his death. When we had him cremated, the funeral director told us, you know, don't be alarmed. But a lot of times uh, folks who have cancer and pass away and then uh, are cremated, their ashes come out green. So now we have a big giant box of green ashes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very green. Very green. It's like St. Patrick's Day. And I mean, it's good because he is Irish. So I don't have a full bag in my pocket. I have <laughs> an empty bag. Thank you very much for bringing have, dad I, in here. I thought I had a full bag. Well, that's why I was ready for it. Yeah. And they never explained. Uh, he, the only thing he could offer to us is that some of the medicine that uh, cancer patients take um, causes a green outcome with the ashes. Whereas we also had um, uh, cremated in his a leather jacket that might have not been so leather. And I thought that... <laughs> he I bought thought, it in Istanbul, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought maybe that was, you know, a, another cause because that's just more contaminants in there that aren't... But I, we have no idea yeah, why. Yeah, that's... that's fascinating and he said there's a whole like you can have blue ashes because of some other kinds of medications and and situations you know it's like a real fun dip (laughs) it does kind of look like fun dip like if you crunched up the stick and then that became the little bone fragments and then the powder was the dip (laughs) like i i don't know the first time we we put some in the mississippi and um first of all if you're um out there about to um uh, spread the ashes of your loved ones just use like a wind test first uh so my very very first dump of that most of him went on my sweatpants uh but when we got some in the mississippi it was like vibrant green like Mm -hmm. a solid mountain dew kind of wow it's yeah it's a bizarre thing that we've you know and we're we also spent a lot of time right before we left this tour left on this tour uh taking him out of the box and putting uh, his ashes in these little baggies so that we can easily distribute them across America and uh we we found lots of bone fragments and we found he had a uh, a cabbage done a couple of years ago what? Uh, it's a a Coronary bypass artery yes. bypass yeah. oh so very cool he had a he had a, like a quintuple bypass. It was five different things. So they, you know, they took the sternum apart and when they put it back together, they sewed it up with a little or put a little metal in there. And when we were putting him into the bags, we found that little sternum clip right there. So oh, wow. I guess cremations aren't as hot as they could be. Yeah. I'm still looking for the jacket zipper. I'm thinking. Yeah. He also somewhere had, in there. He also had a screw in his elbow, so that might come up too. It's a real. It was. It's. Real it, I weird mean, we Easter were. <laughs> yeah, we decided to like. Um, well, James wants to spread some of the ashes in all fifty states, 
And um, so when we... I think you do, too. I do, too. Yeah, I know, but really, I, it's, I mean, it's your dad. You make so. me sound crazy. And um, <laughs> I was very involved with the hospice care and um, caregiving and stuff. So it's for, it's for both of us. Um, mm-hmm. But we had to divide the ashes into little bags. And we're like, what do we even use to do this? And we had spoons and we're digging in. And it was like sharing the world's saddest Sunday, like putting it into <laughs> By the bags. way, we have to throw those spoons away. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We need to remember which spoons they were. They're, I put them in the, the pile of ashes from the incense. So oh, very good. cool. Very cool. So it's going to be a hard pass on that dinner invite. That you need. <laughs> we, don't ever, we don't ever cook anything that would use a spoon anyway. It's all finger foods. <laughs> Literal. Yeah. So we don't know why, why his ashes are green, but that's the thing. That's my fact. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as uh, green as your shirt, Mark. Which is today green <laughs> <laughs> thank you for specifying that for listeners that would be funny if it wasn't and uh and joan do you have a, a fact i do have a fact it's kind of a concept it's not just one fact but um i i'm very interested in linguistics i teach english as a second language and um i've spent about four or five years studying mandarin chinese and i i thought that it was really uh, there's one concept in chinese that i really like which is compound words um, because Chinese is a logographic language, not an alphabetic language. I don't know. I'm not a linguist. You know, but anyways, um, they can't create more words for new things, uh, that are discovered or invented. Whereas, um, in English and most other languages that we speak around, we, we create a new word and, um, so when computers were invented, when telephones were invented, we came up with those words. I love that I'm taking credit for this. But um, in Chinese, they were created as compound words. So computer is electric brain mm. and telephone is electric voice. And uh, the words are very, um, I, learned, I think it's very cool. <laughs> I learned yesterday that uh, they called Elvis Cat King. Yes, his name is <laughs> the Cat King, and it's because he dances like a cat, I guess. Yeah, it's like yeah. tiger. It's almost cat refers to tiger, I think, in that sense. Ah. Yeah, I agree. He looks just like a cat when he dances. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. There are so many things that happen in Chinese where, and, and most of my students are from China, and I taught there for two years where we're sitting there having this conversation like I sorry James but I went on a date with a Chinese guy what and <laughs> um during that uh, I'm not week. sorry that I did that I'm sorry that I'm telling a dating story <laughs> oh okay no sorry I thought you were She's sorry sorry that you, it was, was last week <laughs> <laughs> um and during the date we were talking about music and he's saying like I love Mao Wong Mao Wong or is it Wong I don't know. And he was, we're going on and on and on. And I'm like, I just have no idea who this is. And he's like, he's so famous. Finally, I mean, I know Cat King is Elvis. So um, one of my favorite subjects for these compound words are animals. And uh, I thought I would give you guys a little quiz for, oh, for the animals. That's great, yeah. And so you don't need to speak any Chinese. Um, it's just the, the compound word for these things. Like some of them are going to be really easy and obvious, like um ocean horse seahorse. is a seahorse so we but what is an ocean elephant what do you guys think manatee good guess mm. it's not tusks and, mm. 
Uh, Nyquil. Narwhal. <laughs> uh, narwhal. No, that's only got one task. That's a very good guess. You're, yes, walrus. it's walrus. I only said it. I mean, I know all of these. You know all of these? Well, you tell me okay. all the time, and I love it. So, what do you guys think uh, dragon shrimp is? Longsha dragon shrimp. Dragon shrimp. It definitely helps when you say it in Chinese. It doesn't help, but I just <laughs> <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> lobster. I don't, I don't get yes, up much. Yeah. It yes, it is lobster. Yeah. Very cool. So, what do you think a small dragon shrimp would be? Xiaolongsha? Prawn. Uh, good guess, but no. Think, think along the lobster <laughs> lines. Yeah, crayfish. Oh. So, so some of these are come together really logically. One of my favorites is bear cat. Uh, cat. Yeah, bear cat. It's super Chinese. Um. Oh. <laughs> like a leopard. That those are good guesses. Is it, it a is panda? A, yes. Oh. Wow, you are so good at this. Oh my god. Um, cat head eagle. Cat head <laughs> eagle. Yeah. Ooh. I think I know those. Mountain cat head eagle. Do you know? Give it a guess. I think I. Owl? Yes. Right. It's an owl. You think about these things yeah. and you're like, oh my God. It just an owl makes a lot of look sense. like a cat. This one should be easy. This one is a uh, tree lazy. Shoot, Lan. Sloth. Yes. Yeah. Sloth. Super, super easy one. What do you guys think a river raccoon is? Rat. An otter. That's a very good guess. Otter has its own character, though. Beaver. Yes. Yeah. Beaver. Very good. Very good. Um, in the and, home straight. <laughs> huh? Coming up in the home straight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you're doing mark. great. <laughs> Do you have a guess for river horse? River horse. Mm-hmm. Huh, river horse. Mm-hmm. Just a horse? <laughs> <laughs> a hippo. Just a horse that's swimming? A bathing is horse. A, is it a hippo? Yes, it is oh, hippo. No, you are, no. what is going on? This is so cool. I'm thinking about making this into like a, like a app based board game kind of thing. Well, don't like, say I that don't on know. The oh, no. Oh. oh, no. I'll just, Can you I'll cut just, that out? I'll just bleep those three bleep words. Bleep that out. Do I don't know. Do we have a notary in here? We can just <laughs> oh, hurry up and trademark okay. it. Okay. But I've got, okay, I've got two more. I think this one is easy. It's very fun. I really like it. What do you think Stinky Weasel is? A skunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Actually, that's my nickname for my husband. No, I'm uh, Yeah, so Choyo, Stinky Weasel, is a skunk. <laughs> and one of my favorite ones of all time is Bag Rat. Bag Rat. Mm. Kangaroo? Yes. <laughs> kangaroo. Wow. So, So the words in Chinese for kangaroo, it's not. Kangaroo, which I'm guessing our word for kangaroo came from like an aboriginal word, maybe. maybe like our word for giraffe probably comes from some kind of African word. I don't know. But they have to use long neck deer and bag rat and these <laughs> things. And uh, that's definitely one of my favorite ones. And it's not like people are walking around calling. They're not like, look at that bag rat. Like to them, it forms together. And it's um, it's an actual word in their mind. And I would play this game with my Chinese coworkers and friends, and a lot of them were worse at it than the, than the English people and the Americans, because in their mind, they're like, well, duh, that's a bag rat. Why is it funny? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bag rat? <laughs> it's 
rat with the pouch. <laughs> so that's my fun fact. That's that's amazing. That was quality. You brought a quiz with your facts. <laughs> yeah, and, it's uh, fun. And so uh, that just leaves uh, leaves you, Kurt. Do you have? You didn't bring a game, I presume. But no. do you have a fact of any kind? Uh, I have a real short one. But first, I wanted to show you. I bought my brother and three dogs along. So I'm. I'm oh wow! Oh. And, uh, oh. and for the listeners, that is yeah, some uh, some ne- necklaces. necklaces. Pop them open. <laughs> what color? A lot of ash. No a lot of green. No. <laughs> he has. Okay, some, that means some they didn't have cancer. There are more ashes in the studio to, today than ever before. <laughs> yeah, we have like five Set a guests and five dead people. Well, as I get older, I worry about it. I can't carry that many dead people around my oh, head. Yeah. God. He longer, has... so. I was wondering why you brought three coffins in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for, yeah, for the listeners, he has some some pendants on a necklace. They're hidden inside his shirt and then he pulls uh-huh. them out and they're four capsule-shaped yes. pendants. One with my brother and three with dogs. That's, okay. that's, that's so they, much, they look like that's they, so much nicer than our uh, Ziploc bags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have My little like you may want to step up your ash like, game a little. Yeah. <laughs> like someday we're gonna definitely get arrested. We're gonna get one of those. Uh, like I'll send you a link. Um, <laughs> there you go. Those we're gonna really get one of those. Cute. And they also look like um, basically the item that you have to. Uh, get or achieve in every Marvel movie. <laughs> like you need some, the, the amulets or oh, yeah. at the it's, end of a video game, Infinity you get signs. the, yeah, they look very magical. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty magical. It, it didn't work for that. Was a magical experience. <laughs> it wasn't working for him. So, so my fact is really short and I don't know if anybody's ever had the experience in your life where you're, thinking of doing something and it seemed like a really good idea at the time and uh, i had an experience last summer uh around my 65th birthday seemed like a real good idea at the time and <laughs> oh uh, he's pulling up a tattoo yeah, this hurt <laughs> more than a civil war amputation oh so, <laughs> and the guy told me there's only one place in your body where it hurts more and he said this is a fact so this is my fact and that's on the top of your head and I said, dude, I never considered getting one on the top of my head. So, oh. <laughs> so this, this is-, is a tattoo on his um, on his stomach, but just above his his yeah. belly button, navel. That, yeah. Just above and his navel, he's he's Doctor Frankenstein and Frankenstein's Frank monster. This is the most. Doc- this it's is a the pun. Tattoo <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> this is the. This is this. Beats the the other stomach tattoo that I thought was the gnarliest one. Uh, I was getting a tattoo on my birthday and one of the guys in the tattoo shop pulled up his shirt and he had The Undertaker. (laughs) From from WWE, it was his face, the hat and everything like from the chest up and under it in the biggest letters ever. It just says The Undertaker. (laughs) I was like, oh man, I don't respect that at all. Can I get a picture of it? (laughs) So you have the tattoo in the in the most painful spot. Second most painful. Second most painful. So my factoid is don't get a tattoo on the top of your head. (laughs) Yeah. There's the most nerves in your body is on on your scalp. 
top of your head. Wow. Oh my god! I would like to Ooh, also wait, not which let head? you. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? You had to go there. And with, well, I was <laughs> there were about, no f bombs in this whole thing. Yeah, just we, going on we almost really made good. it through. This is was, why it's tagged wow. as potentially not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> there have been children in the room the whole time. <laughs> I made it put headphones on. They are not noise canceling headphones. They're they're Apple earbuds. I mean, I I know it's a gross point, but I think it's a valid point that part would hurt too right that would i don't know we'll find out it, tonight uh, let's get it, one let's get to yeah it yeah. would i don't know That's so right. we both have a lot of tattoos and i don't know i mean you, you go ahead and test that out I, I <laughs> let us know we'll do <laughs> i haven't thought about getting like a stomach tattoo so what's know. gonna be the the you get just words like shorty. <laughs> sure. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a picture of my head tattooed on my dick and my dick tattooed on my head. I'm gonna knock them both out one stone at a time. Oh my and, god! And with that, we're gonna bring things to a complete close. I do, of course, <laughs> give you the, shut this down. I do, do, of course, give you the uh, chance to plug whatever you've got going on. So, Kurt, first of all, have you got anything you want to plug, or is it just just the name of your company, Triad? Oh uh, yeah, it's uh. For any people that want to, please accept. <laughs> yeah, please accept my apologies. Triad Life Sciences, all, all the shareholders and the board of directors, <laughs> and uh, and Joan and James. What um, do you want to plug? Well, uh, we've got our tour. Yeah, and we James do. runs a show. James and I both run a show yeah. in Des Moines, Iowa. So if you're, uh, it's called Panic mm-hmm. with a exclamation, exclamation point. point, and. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Kansas City on 420. Hopefully <laughs> we, we make it. Yeah. Are, you, are you driving there? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, you should be fine because it's yeah. more uh, more safe than the average uh, that's April right day. <laughs> but, we're, but we're leaving on the 1st. So that's yeah, we're definitely Yeah, be careful on that day. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we'll see on July 4th, we're going to be in Sioux City. So very yeah. nice. And <laughs> then um, let's see. I think all my shows coming up are in Des Moines. So. Besides those that he just said, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're looking to learn English, you can find me on Italki. <laughs> I can say hi to all my students that I'll send this to. Hi, <laughs> hey Andrea, what's up? Uh, <laughs> so that's my other business. But basically, we're we're on the road for a little while. Yeah, mm-hmm. until twenty first. Uh, all I got the plug is uh, me. Just find me on find. Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and then uh, talk to me and then book me and then give me money. That'd be great. Yeah. Like, you can just Venmo us money yeah, if Ven- you want to. Like, we, you know. We can't Venmo me money. Yeah. Well, it's ours. We share yeah, our yeah, yeah. Venmo. Venmo my wife At money. Because <laughs> she can buy pizza for me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, cool. thank you guys for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you all. And uh, that's that's everything. So uh, good good night. All right. Enjoy that soccer game. <laughs> <laughs>
Find us on our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or if you have any questions, comments, or like to get in touch about appearing on the show, or topics you'd like us to cover, email us at drhecklepod at gmail.com. The OAMnetwork.com. Power to the podcast.